You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. My brothers and sisters, aloha. Aloha. My name is DJ Posse Kala. My name is Charlie. My name is Sean. And you're listening to the 3M podcast where we tell scary jokes and funny stories. <laughs> Your dad. Uh, we're back. I can't remember the last time. Have we recorded together as a group in this calendar year? No. Negative. Wow. That's special. <laughs> where have we been? First of the year. Oh, we've been all over. People went home for Christmas, the holidays. I can't remember the last thing we talked about. Uh, we all went to Hawaii with the group and uh, had a good time out there. Sailing the seas, uh, watching the whales, tons of stuff, good food. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, we we uh, stocked up on some 3 p.m.s and delivered those, but we're think we're ready to get back to our regularly scheduled programming dude real quick i want to go into hawaii just a little bit but dj got called out by his friend wait what <laughs> his homie recently started watching us on youtube uh-huh. and he's like bro you rubbed your knee for like two hours straight <laughs> dj just sat there like this go rubbing his knee so now you're gonna think about it hawaii is the best whenever we go I feel like we eat super well, wake up early, get a jog in, get a hike in, try to go to bed early. The, the ocean like heals me spiritually, physically. Same, same. It's always the best. I feel like I'm living my best. I went skydiving. How we, was it? It was crazy. You guys didn't go. We didn't go. We were broke ass. <laughs> uh, it was Janelle, one of our really good friend's birthday. So she was like, I want to do something special. So... Out of a whim, someone looked up skydiving. We're like, let's go tomorrow morning. And we're like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and we show up. We wait. We sign our life away. Everyone gets real quiet, like, contemplating their mortality, you know? <laughs> there was a minute I was like, Ugh, like, what am I doing? This is dumb. Anyway, we all get paired up with our instructor, and we get in the plane. And there's, like, an old, barefoot, he's, like, 65-year-old dude. He's, like, reading a book in a hammock. And then they're like, Hey, Jeff, it's time to go. And he, like, closes his book, walks to the plane barefoot, gets in. The door is wide open, and we start flying up in the air. And his leg is, like, hanging out of the, the plane. He's just, like, reading his book. Like, so relaxed. Like, this dude was a nom or something. And uh, we, like, get to altitude when we're re- getting ready to jump. And it's super cloudy. Mm. Like, way cloudy. And all the instructors are like, hey, Jeff, uh, we going to switch anything up? We good to go? And he's like, he looks out, he like leans almost his whole body out of the plane. He's like looking around and he comes back and he goes, nah, let's just do it. <laughs> and then the, one of the instructors like in the what, back. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, then, what is he looking at? Like, I, yeah, who knows? I don't know. You're strapped in the plane. I'm like strapped into a freaking small Chilean guy behind me. He's my <laughs> instructor. But uh, later we all traded like what our instructor said. And Reed's instructor was like, yeah, we're not supposed to go if there's any clouds. And one by one, he was just like, all right, let's go. And they start pushing us out of the plane. (laughs) First of all, craziest feeling in the world. Right when you leave, it feels like you're falling. Like that feeling, pity your stomach, roller coaster. And then it like switches. You no longer feel like you're falling, but you're just like in the air. And it's like super cold and the wind, it's wild. And we're getting closer and closer to the cloud. Right when we hit the cloud, my guy does something to our parachute. So we just drop. 
like we were dropping slowly, kind of, and then all of a sudden we went and like really dropped. And then right when we get out on the other side of the cloud, he like opens it up again and we like like this, and he goes, I can't believe he did that. <laughs> Apparently, you're not supposed to jump if there's like any clouds at all. So you, you need to need to be able to see where you land. But makes sense. The old book reading guy was like, ah, F it, let's just go. Y'all just Fortnite out yeah, here. Yeah. Where are we dropping? <laughs> Thank boys? you, bus driver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was super fun. Jordan was in Hawaii. We haven't seen him for a while. Yeah, he went skydiving with you. Mm-hmm. Was your instructor telling you to arch your back into them? Oh yeah. He's like deeper. <laughs> Just a stranger. <laughs> Dude, they had us, they had us like practice. Yeah. And it was like you had to hit three moves and one of them was just like the first one is like the doggy. Yeah, the first one you had to like bend your body as hard as you can the opposite <laughs> way. Which like your boy is flexible. So you know. I was like curling around his ass. That's gotta be the only situation where you get that physical with somebody like <laughs> immediately a oh, stranger yeah. <laughs> they literally have your life yeah in their hands bro when i went they didn't tell me anything well you went in like arizona or some shit it was down in moab oh, but yeah. like right before we jump out of the plane he's they like, didn't tell you anything at one point like, they didn't tell like me any moves or instructions or anything he's like at one point i'm gonna tap you on the shoulder just kick your legs back i was like <laughs> we're jumping on a plane and <laughs> you just want me to kick my legs back what is that gonna do Sean, when I went in Moab, still. it was the same thing. Oh, yeah. Dude, Nick's in the yeah. studio. Yeah. Shout out, Nick. Oh, yeah. hey. What up? What's up? <laughs> yeah, All they told like, you was kick your legs back. Kick your legs out. And then, like, a second before leaving, he was like, if you want to do a flip, just look backwards. So oh, we went out I do backwards remember that and we too. just did, like, some flips and then. Oh, sick. Yeah. <laughs> How long was your free fall? Uh, I think the free fall part was only, like, 50 seconds or something like that. Because huh. you're falling from, we're way higher altitude in Utah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So it's like less time. I have a theory because we talked about it. We were like, they really didn't tell us like what to do. And I think it's because like the more they tell you, the more you probably psych yourself out and that or like sense. fight them. You know what I'm saying? So they just kind of like do it to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we literally landed, got in a car, and then drove to a catamaran <laughs> where we like cruised the Bay of Honolulu, saw whales, the sunset. We really were living our best life. Like, I think we peaked. Yeah, it's all downhill yeah. from there, dude. <laughs> that was the coolest. There's a lot of cool stuff, but can we talk about the shitty part of Hawaii? Let's do it. Hawaiians? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actual shit. Yeah. Um, uh, Hawaii's a crazy vibe. Like, there's chickens everywhere. Dope. In Wild chickens everywhere. Like, you pull up to the grocery around. store and they're in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> People are walking around barefoot everywhere, just like Walmart parking lot. Yeah. Uh, walking barefoot, shirtless. Uh, infrastructure is behind, dude. I didn't realize that till I was maybe like 23 when I moved to Utah and I was here for like a couple years and I went back home. And I was looking around, I was like, oh man, we're poor. <laughs> and uh, houses are broken and uh, falling down. So, did you ever see Lost? A little bit. Oh, bro, I was in Lost. <laughs> oh, then never mind. Chana, did you see it? A little bit, yeah. You know, like the Dharma Initiative? Oh, dude, it's Never been mind. so long, dude. M m moving on. We did a spooky thing in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, dude. We went to Morgan's Corner. Morgan's Corner is uh, at, uh, in Nu'uanu where the Pali Cliff is, and or Pali Lookout, and uh, we didn't run into anything, unfortunately. But it was beautiful. We were in the woods. It was dope. Tropical forest. Full moon. There was a part that was like a scene out of the movie 
the movie that I'm thinking of is Harry Potter. Sean like ran into the darkness and then just appeared in the middle of the river, the stream, and he's looking up and he's sitting in this moonlight beam. And it's beautiful. And it's like when Harry Potter sees his Patronus for the first time. Just a beautiful white stag. Guys, I'm your patron. In the middle of the lake. <laughs> Protected us from the night the, the night marchers. But that was pretty legit. Like the moon rays coming through the forest canopy. It was We used our lander lights. Shout out Lander. Uh, and that thing lit the whole forest up. I think it's bright as hell, son. Yeah, I would say. It was wild. But yeah, if you want to see, we have some footage. We ran around. Reed climbed a banyan tree. It was wild. Sean like left us, hopped across this river, and then disappeared in a bamboo forest. And I was like, "All right, that's the last time we'll see Sean." <laughs> okay, but when I got to the other side, I was like, "It's kind of creepy over here because it was thick bamboo forest, and I couldn't see more than ten feet in front of me." That's terrifying. And that was with my flashlight. So I came back real quick. Then we drove to a lookout. Got offered drugs. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> Some some uh, Hawaiian came up to us and he's like, "Hey, where are you from?" And all of us were dead silent and just looked at DJ. <laughs> I was like, "Turn on my pigeon, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bro. Talk talk to him, bro." Um, good times. Anyway, Hawaii was dope. It's always a pleasure to go back there, especially with everyone. We oh, all yeah. rolled around in a van, listened to music, had great food, good times. Charles went home. Early. A little earlier than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And the next day sends us a picture, and he's chilling with Jake Paul and Logan Paul. And we're all like, what the hell? <laughs> dude, okay, ever, dude, low-key, I kind of feel like I'm in the Truman Show, or like the simulation is breaking. <laughs> and it kind of started with the Paul brothers. So I'm just like, in work, I just got off of a red eye. I have like 18 minutes of sleep. And my boss walks in. He's like, okay, who can film? And they all point at me. And then uh, he's like, okay, I need you to uh, be a fly on the wall, shadow me. I have some some of my friends are coming in later to to hang out. And I was like, okay. And someone's like, who's coming in? And he's like, uh, just like the two most famous guys in the world right now, uh, Logan Paul and Aaron Paul. And I was like, what? Aaron Paul. I mean, I don't know. What's his Jake, Jake Paul, Paul, my bad. <laughs> Is Aaron Paul a quarterback? I think Aaron Paul's That's the Aaron dude. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I love sports, man. I think he's in Breaking Bad, Aaron Paul. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Science, bitch. But when he was like the most famous dudes in the world, I was like, Joe Rogan? I was so excited. Uh, but anyway, it was cool. They came in. They hung out. Uh, I'm not going to disclose anything they talked about because I don't know what I'm allowed to say or not say. But did you sign an NDA? I don't think so. But when I got hired, I, it's possible I did. I just don't want to talk about it because what they were talking about was rich people shit and I am not accustomed to any of it. And it was, <laughs> it seriously blew my mind for like two hours. Just what they were talking about. I was like, and I ran away and like immediately didn't tell anyone and didn't say anything. Of course not. No, yeah. that's a lie. <laughs> this isn't a video game. Charles FaceTimed us and we were all on nah, the beach. Nah, that doesn't sound right. Nah. But if I did that, you probably were at Sherwoods and I probably did tell you everything we talked about <laughs> and it probably blew your mind too. That I remember my mind being blown that day. Yeah. <laughs> it was surreal. They they were super nice. Like, Logan Paul was insanely nice. Like, super nice. People were, like, pestering him a bit for photos and stuff. And he was just, like, super gracious the whole time. He was, like, very positive, excited. Like, whatever people were talking about, he was really genuinely into. But you know what? Nobody should never. 
Sean's quoting uh, an old Logan Paul song that we've been quoting to each other for like 10 years. Nobody should never not have Inside a Inside joke, yeah. And Jake, he was he was nice enough, but he seemed extremely hungover because they were celebrating their birthday in Park City. So oh. he seemed like he was about to vomit the entire time. <laughs> but yeah, it was weird. I filmed him. I posted a photo and like 50 Jake and Logan Paul fan sites started following us. So... Yeah, dude. We made it. <laughs> yeah. Bro, imagine uh, being the uh, curator and moderator of a uh, Logan Paul oh, fan page. Oh, I bet it's just peak. <laughs> the best. Peak alpha. <laughs> Who's uh, the most famous person you've met, Sean? Yeah, I haven't met, like, anybody. I'm the most famous people that people meet now. <laughs> Damn, dude. Uh, speaking about being met in public, Charles still hasn't up. been seen <laughs> by any of our listeners in public. <laughs> Did we talk about this already? That was Kevin, just a joke. Like, Kevin, if you see me in public and you recognize me, don't come up to me. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how long we can have this. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin got, recognized. got recognized and not even by his looks because <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin was giving him. Kevin works at Coconut Island Grill and uh he was giving an interview to someone and halfway through the interview, him. someone was like, Do you have a podcast? And Kevin's like, <laughs> do, you, do you laugh in the back of a <laughs> podcast? <laughs> He's like, No, but I'm on 3 a.m. And the kid's like, That's where I are you Kevin? And they're like, and then uh, it, during the interview, Kevin calls me to mock me with, <laughs> with this kid in the background. I was like, dude, f- you. No, <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah, I, I'm best friends with Logan and Aaron Paul. Wait. Uh, f- Logan and Jake Paul. My bad, Jake. Good job, dude. My bestie. <laughs> Anything else? Dudes. Uh... Guys, I have something to confess. I want to get it, get it off my shoulders. When I was in the seventh grade, we had to give a presentation. And my friend decided to write a rap song that he was going to rap in front of the whole class. And he needed, damn it, this is rough. He needed a beat. And he asked me to beatbox for him. So I beatboxed. For him in front of the entire class. And it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my life. Like looking back. I've never told anyone that. But I felt like I needed to tell you guys. How old were you? (laughs) I don't know. 13? Whatever you are in 7th grade. Why are you blaming yourself for something you did when you are 13? Bro, it was rough. Like thinking back, it was rough. And at the time, I thought we were cool. (laughs) Like I thought it went off. You were, dude. (laughs) You were. Uh, There's been several times where we've done like live things. And it's just gone horribly. Like the first wedding I ever DJ'd uh, was my homie Paul, Asian Paul. Shout out Asian uh, Paul. Yeah. Uh, we set everything up. We're poor as f- at this point. So we had like home speakers to play the set. Just Logitech. <laughs> Dude, no, no, no. It was like old, like uh, I don't, like things you see at DI or uh, huh. what's like a not a Mormon thing. Uh, good Goodwill. Goodwill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we had it all set up and like this home receiver, we had it all like dialed in. With, like, <laughs> receiver. Dude, yeah. <laughs> it from CD yeah, 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 yeah. to. <laughs> and we like press play on the playlist and one of Paul's Asian ass uncles, dude, walked right through, kicked the cord and everything <laughs> fell down. And it was like just as everything started. And he like pulled all of our stuff down and it fell off. Bro, he did that on purpose. <laughs> I almost ran away. But Jordan was the sweetest. And he just like ran around and put everything back together real quick. <laughs> uh, DJ and I once did a show at Vivint. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> where the where like the kid who was promoting it was like, dude, it's gonna be packed. Like you guys are gonna have so much fun. And we we had like DJed fairly large shows at this point. Like our biggest one, there was like three thousand kids there. And uh, we showed up, and there's probably like eight cool. kids. From beatboxer to, <laughs> to to international DJ. Yeah. I mean, what can I say? Uh, anyway, we showed up to DJ's party, and there was like eight kids there. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I think that's when I quit. That was embarrassing. Mentally, <laughs> mentally I checked out. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. We DJ. had more flops as DJs than successes. <laughs> we like DJed uh, outside of this apartment complex. It was like 10 at night when we started oh, it. And that was another time someone promised there was, like, was going to be crazy. There was people there. Yeah. <laughs> That's just our bad for trusting people. They're like, yeah, we'll get hundreds of people there. I was like, all right, let's do this. 18 people later. <laughs> Dude, 18 is generous. Anything else embarrassing memories? Uh, embarrassing things. I remember when my uh, the very first time I looked up porn, <laughs> my mom walked in on me. Dude, <laughs> were you like on the big screen or something? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, so the computer was in their bedroom. Oh my, dude, you're ballsy, Sick. literally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like trying to be sneaky, like switching between, I had like two tabs going on. I don't know how my, I don't know how old I big was, 12. boobs. <laughs> I think it was like hot lady no shirt or something. <laughs> but there were boobs on the screen and i was trying to switch it in between that and uh i was on cartoonnetwork.com or something trying to play like the powerpuff girls snowboarding game and that's what made you think of a real powerful girl girl. (laughs) but that was probably the most embarrassing thing (laughs) (laughs) um that's hilarious that's freaking wild I remember uh, <laughs> after Scooby Doo the live thing came out, you know. Oh yeah, everyone ran home and was like, "Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller, boobs." <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, that, is that Velma? <laughs> no, Daphne. No, oh, Daphne. Daphne. Yeah. Anyway, now we right. know I'm a Velma girl. Is that Shaggy? <laughs> cool. Hey, we tell scary stories on this podcast. <laughs> this is your first time. Welcome. Uh, when we tell those stories, we like to roll a 20 sided die because <laughs> we're cool, the, yeah. And to determine in what order we tell the story, highest number goes first. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. <sighs> I have benefited from therapy. In a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. and it be a little lighter on the wallet, uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not 
anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. And the roll. 11, 8, 4. So the order is Charlie, Sean. Nope. Charlie, DJ, Sean. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Let's go. All right. Do you my, remember my story? <laughs> do you remember trying to make flamethrowers with uh, like your Axe body spray when you're. 12? I never used Axe body spray. Were you guys pyros? Yes. Were you a pyro? I think every child is. I think At like every, every boy, boy is. Yeah. Yeah. I remember trying to roast like my marshmallow with it. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, this is, this is a good idea. And that marshmallow tasted like Phoenix. Oh, dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Phoenix Axe spray. Evergreen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Kilo or something. Dude, literally one time, uh, my homie Noah wrapped his hand in a towel and then took his dad's <laughs> cologne and sprayed it till the bottle was empty. Oh, my gosh. And then he's just in the middle of the kitchen. He's like, this is going to be cool. And lit it on fire, and it went up in flames. And it's just like the towel was turning into black soot and, like, dripping, and he's, like, running around, and he sprints down his hall. The fire alarm goes off, and as he's running, his mom walks in because she had, like, gone to the store, and uh, he dunked his whole arm in the toilet, and she was like, what is going on? <laughs> Dude, kids are idiots. This is a bunch of cologne. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. My brother used to dip tennis balls in alcohol, light them on fire, and say, start running. Do not do this at home. That sounds sick, actually. Don't do any of this. I loved it as a kid. I thought it was so fun. Don't do do any of this. Do it all. Is it true that when you fart on a fire, (laughs) (laughs) it sucks back up? I've heard that can happen. I have heard that, too. You can scorch the inside of your noose. I'm asking if it's real, though. I think it's real. Let's test it. Do you have to fart? Right now. Do you? No. Oh. All right. Well, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say blue dart? Yeah, that's what they're called. Ew. Blue dart? Yeah. Blue waffle. <laughs> uh. Do you know what blue waffle is? Dude. Is that the a generational best thing? Waffle you can order. <laughs> it is so good. Look it up. Blue waffle and meat spin. And lemon party. Did you pick your scabs as a kid? Ew. No. I hated <laughs> no? those kids. I didn't. I thought since like the age of four, I found nose picking, scab picking revolting. I was like, "That's gross." That's unfortunate. No, it's not. <laughs> That's real unfortunate. It's fortunate, dude. It was uh, the most like therapeutic. It was like before pimple popping videos. That's like the precursor to like emo cutter. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, it is. Look at me. Look I, how I turned out. I, 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 <laughs> you listen I to Playboy Cardi, bro. <laughs> why do you let? Why do you pick your scabs? That's foul. Did you eat them? Oh, I never ate them. That's another level. How'd you get rid of them? I know, flick them at all the other boys. Uh. <laughs> that's a crime nowadays. Yeah, I think that's against the Geneva Convention or something. <laughs> Gross. Can I tell my story? <sighs> Fine. Uh, so did you just see what I Googled? No. <laughs> I Googled how to say hello in Samoan because today we're oh. going to Samoa. <laughs> Talofa. Talofa. All right. Pick pull up first picnic. <laughs> picnic. For those who don't know, Samoa is a collection of islands in the South Pacific. 
Kind of like Tonga, except I think it might be more beautiful. What do you think? DJ, uh, our resident Polly? Well, I mean, I after the volcano, probably not so great. Oh, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've been to Samoa. I was 12. What? And only in the airport. I was going to say, did you just, just stop by? <laughs> uh, we were going to Tonga. Oh, okay. So I don't know much about the lay of the land there. So, yeah, it's like two main islands, and then it has some more habited islands, inhabited islands, and inhabited islands. There's Samoa and American Samoa. Yeah. Do you know the history with that? I don't, actually. I don't, I don't know why it's, like, split. Like, it's one country. And there's, like, Western Samoa. There's and... one country. <laughs> <laughs> you said that country. <laughs> I'll call myself out. And uh, I think it's just, like, different regions. Like, North and South. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Um, yeah, maybe I should have looked that up. <laughs> I don't know. It's split. Like, one side of Samoa is considered, like, uh, American Samoa, so we must have something to do with that. <laughs> and then the other side is not. Uh, you asked me just because I'm Polly. Yeah. Bro, when we were in Hawaii, everyone's like, what tree is this? Like, I knew every <laughs> tree in Hawaii. Every tree we came by. What kind of tree is this? What fruit does it produce? <laughs> well, why didn't you it's know? It's edible. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, you're fake, bro. You couldn't name me every tree in Visalia. There are no trees in Visalia. <laughs> I'm like, that's a weed. That is another yeah. weed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, the difference, yeah. America Samoa is an American territory. Samoa is its own independent nation. Uh-huh. So they're, so they're two separate. different countries. They're two different. Yeah. America uh, Samoa yeah, is not know. a country, just a territory. Hmm. Hit us with the next photo. Wow. Gorgeous. And a little bit more mountainous than, I think, Tonga, yeah? Tonga's flat. Yeah, so it's got some mountains. Think beautiful tropical island. And, yeah, that's Samoa. Small island. <laughs> uh, some of my friends in Australia, straight from Samoa, one of them, El Piato, first thing he said to me was, uh, I hate the Palangi. <laughs> that's literally the first words he said to me, which means I hate white people. <laughs> now, this is not indicative of all Samoans, just him, but, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Samoa is awesome. Uh, I recently, <laughs> <laughs> I recently was home in Oregon, and my mother-in-law's best friend grew up in Western Samoa, hmm. and we were hanging out, just like having dessert. Their families are good friends, so like everyone's hanging out talking, and I don't know how, but I eventually like bring up scary stories, and I'm like, "Do you have any scary stories?" To her, I don't know if she wants to be named, so I'm going to remain. Let her stay nameless. But dude, her eyes light up. She gets super excited. She commands the entire room and she goes off talking about all of these stories of Samoa. And she was just saying, like, growing up in Samoa, everyone believes it. Everyone believes spirits are real, curses are real, possessions real. You know what I mean? They all have all these rules to stay safe, to stay, you know, out of harm's way. And I'm not going to tell any of her stories. I swear that's every third world country. I'm not trying to minimize the fact, but yeah. Okay, what do you think? Surprising. Do you have a reason why that is, or any more on that observation? Because it is true. I feel like a lot of other cultures are way more superstitious than like America, but I don't know. No, couldn't tell you. Okay. Well, so, some of the things they do were like at night they would cover the mirrors. So all the mirrors in the house, they would cover with like a sheet or an e-lava-lava lava or whatever the, <laughs> whatever the hell they had lying around. Um, 
but uh, my mother-in-law's friend did that. She said, like, there would be a bell that would go through the entire city, and everyone had to get inside before, like, the end of the bell because... And cover the mirrors? No, I think just get inside and, like, not be outside because that's, like, when things would go down. Um, and it would, like, happen, like, twice a day. And she said one time she was visiting or, or, like, an auntie was visiting from the mainland, and they had, like, taken the kids on a hike, and they didn't consider the time. And they're, like, halfway up the mountain, and the bell starts ringing, and they just started terror screaming like running down because they <laughs> truly believe like the devil was coming if they didn't get into the house before the end of the bells so just like she said yeah like dictates so much about their life i'm gonna get those stories from her and i'll share more of those but we had a listener who wrote in whose father grew up in western samoa back in the 60s so this first story i'll share dude classic Polly story <laughs> And I'll see if you agree with me. But this is actually, this is comes from a listener. Her name's Yolanda. So she said her uncle was about 10 years old. And they lived on a small little plot of land. They probably had a plantation. And then just think, dense jungle rainforest all around. So her uncle, 10 years old, he's out hanging out in the yard, climbs a tree, and he's just hanging out up in a tree. He's probably eating some fruit, just chilling. And he hears his grandma coming up the path and she sees him and she's like, I've been looking for you. Come on, it's time. Like, you have to come in now. And he's like, no. She's like, yes, come inside. And if you know anything about Polynesian culture, like disrespecting elders, hell a no, no. So again, grandma's like, get down from that tree and come inside or I'll give you a hiding. I'm going to hit you. And he's like, no. She's like, fine. And she leaves. So he just stays in the tree, hanging out. He's like, ha ha, I bested grandma. That's what he thinks. Eating fruit. Chilling. Because that's what we do. <laughs> pineapple. In trees. In trees. Pineapple <laughs> trees. <laughs> when out of nowhere, a huge bee stings him in the side of the cheek. And it's so bad, he falls out of the tree and hits the ground. He's clutching his face. It hurts so bad, he runs in the house screaming. When he gets to the house, he's holding his face screaming. You know, his family's were like, what's going on? What's going on? And he's like, a bee, a bee stung me. They're like, let us see. And he shows them. And they like, where? He's like, right here, right here. And I don't see anything. He goes over to the mirror and he looks. There's nothing there. There's no puncture wound. There's no red mark. But he's tripping because his whole face is like throbbing super bad. So he looks at it. It still hurts. He's like crying, but there's nothing there. And, you know, everyone says like, you're a faker, you know, like go away. (laughs) Goes to bed. Wakes up the next morning. And his cheek has swollen twice the size. His whole side of his face is just puffy. (laughs) You can like barely see out of his eye. And he comes downstairs knowing there's something wrong. And he shows his mom, shows his grandma. The first thing she says is, that's because you didn't listen to your elders. And laughs at him. (laughs) She straight laughs at him? (laughs) Yeah. Bro, that happened to me when I was in fourth grade. We went on a whale watching field trip. (laughs) We started playing tag on the boat, and it was a rough day, and we I guess we hit, like, a wave, and the boat shook, and I tripped when the boat shook, and I fell, and I slammed my forehead on the corner of a door, <laughs> and it split open. I had to get stitches, but I had, like, blood running down my face. Did you everyone's scream? Like, yeah, everyone's like, DJ, we're in the field trip, ah. <laughs> and there's a dude sitting... 
in like a booth and he's eating his lunch. He's eating his meal and he's at arm's reach. And he's looking at me. I'm nine. And he says, that's what you get <laughs> for playing on the boat. <laughs> so it did turn the boat around and the, I went to the hospital. That guy is my spirit animal. Dude, why Why is there just such a level of like, I don't know how to say it without being rude, but just Di- like disregard no mercy, for dude. Yeah. Just like physical pain. It's like, that's what you get. I don't know. So that's the first story. So this next one happened to Yolanda's dad. And like I said, they lived pretty far out, pretty remote back in the 60s in Samoa. Um, and they actually grew up in a fale. Is that how you say? Samoan home? Fale is house. Yep. So they grew up in a fale. And if you want to pick, pull up the next photo, Nick, a fale is a traditional Samoan home. It's basically a house without walls. <laughs> so there's one right there. Sick. So... The whole family sleeping together. Um, everyone's quiet. Everyone falls asleep. It's night. Full moon out. So you can almost see, like, straight to the jungle. Humid. The birds. The bees. The, the bugs. Bees. Yeah, birds, <laughs> birds and the, the bees. bees. Probably. <laughs> but uh, Yolanda's dad has to go pee. He's young. He's like nine. He's like, oh, I'll just hold it to morning. But we all know how that goes. It gets worse and worse. Yeah. And he can't stand it. So he goes over to his dad. Dad. Dad, I have to pee. Dad's like, mm, go. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm scared. It's dark. He's like, ah. Oh. Hits his brother. Hey, take your little brother out to pee. Okay. Younger brother goes, okay, come on, let's go. And he goes, okay. <laughs> everyone, everyone falls back to sleep. Tries to shake his brother. He's like, dude, please, come on. Like, I got to go pee. It's so scary. And his brother's like, no, you go. <laughs> Makes him go alone. He's like, okay. So he goes out in the yard all alone. Goes right up to the edge of the trees in the jungle. And he starts to pee. And he finishes. <sighs> Pulls his pants up and he turns around. And he sees his sister. His younger sister. She's followed him out of the falla. And she's staring at him. He's like, what are you doing? She doesn't say a word, and he realizes she's looking right past him. Nope. She has a weird look on his face he can't place, and she turns and sprints into the jungle. Immediately, he feels terrified. Instinct takes over, and he chases after her. He can see her darting through the bush around trees, And he's running as fast as he can, and he can feel fear mounting. And he's running, sprinting, jumping, and he realizes, wait a minute, why am I not catching up to her? This is his younger sister. Easily he could outrun her. But as hard as he tries, she's always just in front of him, getting away. So he's running, 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 and then he realizes something's not right. Someone's our slow runners. (laughs) So he stops dead in his tracks. And immediately, he said he felt like there was many eyes on him. He said he felt like he was surrounded by people. Furthermore, he has no idea where he is. He has no idea how long he's been running. So terrified, he looks around frantically, and he chooses a direction. 
and just starts running. The whole time he's running, he says he feels like something's closing in, like right behind him. Until finally, he sees a river he recognizes. He knows where to go, turns, sprints. And when he gets back, every single one of his family members in the house asleep, including his little sister. So this story, Yolanda's dad would tell her, and she would ask him, like, what do you think it was? He said, every time I ask him to tell me about that incident, he always ends up saying, I felt like the devil was trying to take me that night, and God protected me. I forgot to mention, when he turns and starts running, as he's running through the forest as fast as he can, or the jungle, he is like as loud as he can, singing hymns and praying out loud. (laughs) Just as loud as he can, running, sprinting. (laughs) Smart. Okay, last story. This happened to the same family, Yolanda's parents, or Yolanda's dad's family. So Yolanda's grandpa, super hard worker, he would often be gone all day long working, like, back-breaking work, right? Sometimes he'd have to work late, and this was one of those times. So everyone's at home doing the night chores, cleaning up, preparing food or whatnot. Finally, grandpa, or Yolanda's dad's dad, pulls up. Sun's already down. Once again, moon's out. He gets home. He's super tired. Everyone says hello, and mom says, hey, I'm going to make you some food. Do you want to go ahead and wash up? Sure, but it's dark out. So he looks at the oldest brother and he goes, hey, grab the lantern, follow me down to the river. Now, it's nighttime. They're going out to the jungle so dad can wash up in the river. And the uncle is like unreasonably scared for some reason. He said he's just off. Like something doesn't feel right. And Yolanda writes, admittedly, he was known to be a massive chicken So, like, maybe he was just, like, as scared as normal. She doesn't know. So, they get down to the river. If you want to pull up last photo, I'd imagine it's something like this. This is a Samoan river. But. (laughs) What? You did not search that on Google. (laughs) Hell yeah, I did. Samoan river. S-A-M-O-A river. Thank you. Uh, Switch back. So, it's like that, but pitch black. All... He's sitting there, probably like a 10, 11-year-old boy, just holding the lantern, pitch black jungle, while dad like washes up in the river. He can hear every noise, every crack, every like little scurry. And he's looking around until finally dad's done. And they head back to the house. Dad says, uh, dinner, is dinner ready? Mom says, almost. Why don't you go rest and I'll come get you when it's ready. Fine. So he heads in, lays down. She finishes the food. She goes inside to wake him up. And he is passed. Wait, dead? Dead. At home? Yeah. In his sleep? Chilling. I'm going to lay down for a minute. Cool. Lays down. Ten minutes later, they go to get him. He's gone. Obviously, this was super hard for the family. Um... The proper arrangements are made, family's called, family comes, and they're preparing him for the funeral. So grandma, grandma's sister, um, they're getting him ready for the funeral. They're going to dress him. They're changing his clothes, and they, they lean him over, they roll him over, and they both jump back. And they said on his upper back, 
were two bruises in the shape of small hands on the like right in his upper back freaked him out but the funeral must go on so they bury him do everything but the bruises bother mom there's something off so she goes to a local psychic mystic whatever (laughs) someone who's spiritually in tune tells them the situation this is what's going on they do their divining their divination i don't know how but they come back and they say that yolanda's grandpa had made a grave mistake and that the night is for the spirits and that by him going to the river at night and bathing disturbed them and they plotted to get revenge and one of them must have killed him pretty intense grandma's like shouldn't have gone to the room yeah. <laughs> i told you do you believe that shit's real what do you think it's hard to say Who it knows? is hard to say yolanda has some thoughts what, what, what are her thoughts you want to hear hers or do you have any no uh i'm i'm bothered by the bruises yeah i would be terrified <laughs> but like were they Figment of the imagination, bruises that like, oh, that looks like it could be a hand. I bet it's a little child's hand. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, There's no picture of it. <laughs> They're like, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a selfie. No, no picture, actually. unfortunately. <laughs> Yolanda said, I myself do not wholeheartedly believe the psychic. <laughs> Dude, this is not me saying this. <laughs> if you know Polynesian food... It's so unhealthy. (laughs) I personally think he had a stroke. (laughs) My only hope, and it's not funny. Someone passed. My only hope is that he passed away peacefully in his sleep and that he was not actually tormented by spirits. I do believe in the paranormal and spirits, but I don't know that I believe that they would uh, have the power to take a life. You know? Okay. I'd say the food is more likely. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It is problematic. The bruises are creepy. Yeah. I'm sure there's an explanation, but... Is that a common belief in Samoan culture? Like, the water? And I don't know. I just... Talking to my mother-in-law's friend who grew up in Western Samoa, it sounds like almost like every facet of life is some way tied back to, like, don't disturb the spirits, don't mess up the spirits. Like, literally, they have, like, everything they do, the way they walk... They have all these rituals to like protect themselves from the spirits. And I think whether it's real or not, let's go with it's completely real. I think if you live in a tight knit community or culture where everyone believes it, it's way more powerful. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Because I've talked to people who grew up in Tonga. I've talked to people who grew up in Samoa and they will look you in their eye with 100% conviction and tell you this shit is real. Do you know what I mean? And you can tell that they believe it right and now so yeah it's real evil spirits are real let's say it's not real even that level of belief like has an effect right yeah like we know we've talked about it a million times but like uh what's that thing called the placebo effect right yeah very real and measurable effects and outcomes just based off the belief of mine so i don't know it's more fun to believe so i will believe <laughs> What was that from? 
It was. Oh, we were watching the Windigoon. Windigoon, yeah. And he was explaining a conspiracy, and he was like, More "Now, likely. does this probably have a really likely explanation? Yes, but that's not fun, so I reject that." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Hell yeah, that's what I do." <laughs> Um, she said, anyway, I'll get more stories from my parents. I will continue to share them. My parents have a small collection of encounters told to them by their parents and even other experiences that they had firsthand. So sounds like we have a, a link to Samoa. A little a spooky tree there. ton of experiences. <laughs> she said, I'm really enjoying the podcast. I'm glad to see that the podcast is still going. Keep up the great stories. I absolutely love the format, especially how it's not dramatized. Yolanda. So shout out Yolanda. Thank you. Thank you. I loved those stories. There's like a purity to them where it's like, if you don't listen to your grandma, bad shit will happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the things that you tell. You yeah, know, you tell you your kids. don't listen to me, a guy will come kidnap you and put you in a bag or something. <laughs> Dude, how far is too far? Like you convince your kids and their kids that if they don't listen to you, they're going to get got by the spirits to live at the river. I personally think, and I don't know, I've never been a parent, but... uh Lying to your kids doesn't always yield the best outcome. So I don't know. I'm going to be super honest with my kids and then let them make mistakes. And Bro, one of my nephews like threw a plastic bottle out of the car while we were parked while I was down for Christmas. And I straight up was like, I'm calling the police. And I picked up my phone, pretended to dial 911. was like, hello, police. I have to report someone littering. And like, how old is he? There's been a murder. He's like maybe <laughs> oh, six. The planet Earth. <laughs> He's six years old. And he started like freaking out. He's like, but no, no, here, let me, let me get out. And he's like strapped in, like seat belted in so he can't get out. I'm like, they're going to be here in like 10 minutes. And I had this going for a solid 10 minutes before his oh. mom came and saved him. <laughs> and she's like, call them back right now and tell them we're good. And I had to fake call the police back and tell them we were good. Yeah, yes, Lieutenant. No, I've, appre- I've apprehended the... We've the picked situation. up the litter. He's yeah. good. That's hilarious. I think that's fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. But anyway, shout out Yolanda. Thank you for those stories. Thank you. Don't. Don't, 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 don't. All right, boys. Okay. This comes from a homie, uh, Conrad. And uh, Fake name? Conrad Shite. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Dude. <laughs> It's a homie in high school. That's a, uh, your homie? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Sick. Conrad Scheidt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he grew up in Texas and then moved to Hawaii. What in the? And You he, don't hear that often. People moving? Like from Texas to Hawaii? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't just know. feel like that's weird. <laughs> um, he grew up in Texas, moved to Hawaii. And when he was about nine or ten years old, his parents split. Ha. Stop. <laughs> uh, a shitey life, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not Conrad of them. <laughs> yeah. um, there's pros and cons. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, marriage con. <laughs> he, he went with his mom. Dad, out of the picture. Not sure where. My parents are divorced, so I can make funny like that. Anyway. Mom, super poor. She gets all the money she has and uh, buys a trailer. They move out to this rural area. I don't know where in Texas, but uh, it's like a two-acre lot. They plant their trailer there, 72-foot wide trailer. 
and uh, they begin to live their life. He goes to school, starts making new friends, and they're home one day. Mom's doing her own thing in her bedroom. He's in the kitchen. The door, the front door, like, comes into the kitchen slash, like, living room area. And there's a knock. He opens it. Two boys, two girls. Uh, he said they look similar, uh, like they're siblings or something. They say, can we just borrow your phone? We need to call, call our mom. He's like, yeah, for sure. Um, they call their mom, and he hears his mom uh, call from the other room. So he goes to her bedroom, and the sound of their voices start getting muffled as he goes into the end of the trailer. She's like, who's here? And uh, he says, oh, just some kids who needed to call their mom. She's like, why would you let them in? We don't let strangers in, no matter how old they are or how friendly they look. He said, I'm sorry. She said, go tell them. And in the middle of her sentence, he looks. And the door's still kind of creaked open. And he can look down towards, he looks down uh, the hallway and sees the four kids standing in the kitchen. He said there was something different that he didn't see the first time. He said looking at them this time, he could see that all of their eyes were just black voids. Yep. No. Nope. I'm surprised how quickly <laughs> you folks picked up on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't trust kids no more. Uh, black-eyed kids. Black-eyed children. B-E-Ks. Um, of course, he, d- he doesn't know this at this point. He's 10. Um, and everything uh, yeah, uh, kind of, you know how like the sound when you, you're kind of like in that weird headspace and like sound mm-hmm. just mutes mm-hmm. you're in your own world. All of that slowly starts to come back. Here's his mom talking again. Uh, go tell him that they can't stay here. It's like, uh, it's like, bro, you go tell them. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but they have black eyes. You yeah, now, can tell them. Yeah. Now with this information that that he's uh, seen but hasn't communicated to his mom, he's processing all of this. So he says, okay. <laughs> Nervously grabs a doorknob. His palms are sweaty. <laughs> he opens it up. And to his surprise, there are no kids in the kitchen. Good surprise. He said, that was a matter of seconds. If they left that quickly, I would have heard something. So uh, feeling a little less scared, a little more confident, he walks down the hallway and reaches the kitchen. And he looks around. Nobody there. Runs real quick throughout the house. Nobody in the house. He looks out the front door, and there's they live in a two-acre plot, and there's nobody outside. Walks around the trailer, no one. So that was his only encounter with those kids. At that point, they had lived there for almost a year, small school, and he knew almost everybody in the school, um, or at least could recognize them. He said, I, I couldn't tell you where they were from and uh i don't think it was in this neighborhood so conrad said this was the start of a bunch of things that uh i don't know if it triggered all these weird events but there were a lot of weird events that happened after he said from from that point 
mom started getting sick. Uh, and she was a pretty healthy person. Um, mentally, she started getting really depressed. He's like, I just pegged that on the on the divorce and situation where we're poor. Um, she couldn't pay for a lot of things. We struggled to eat. Um, but physically, she, she started getting sick. And he didn't go into details with what specifically or if she was ever diagnosed with anything. But mom was sick. I'm feeling more bad for roasting, homie. <laughs> <laughs> That's really shiny of you, bro. <laughs> Conrad said, our phone started to ring. We would answer, and there was just static. And this went on for some time. At one point, we were so poor, we couldn't afford to keep the phone bill uh, or take care of the phone bill. Uh, so in this age, uh, early 2000s, the cable company came out, and they like physically cut our connection. The phone ringing continued oh, hell. after they cut the line. So strange things like that. He said there was only one time where they answered and somebody answered back. He said, I could have sworn it was the voice of my aunt. She said, hello. I said, aunt, can't remember the name. And then it went static again. That was the only thing. Uh, from the phone calls. Um, lights were flickering in our house. I pegged that as just faulty wiring. Uh, but they got so bad that the light bulb would would glow so brightly that the light bulb uh, exploded at, at one point. And that happened a couple times. So we had somebody come out to check the trailer see what was going on they're like oh the problem's not in the trailer it's actually it's actually like your local power supply so they sent out a truck with like the crane and uh the dude he said yeah, i could watch it from my bedroom window i could see the truck and i was just watching him working on the power line yeah and he steps out of the the little crane and he attaches himself to to the pole and while he's working uh, there's an explosion and he flies off and hits the ground luckily he got up and started walking a few minutes later he he turned out okay but uh like nothing could be fixed as far as like our lighting and the and the phone goes uh conrad said the final straw was when i was hanging out in my mom's room and it was dusk so there wasn't a lot of light in the bedroom when she said to me it feels like there are bugs all over my body and what do you do he looks at her she looks normal he stands up and he gets the feeling to look up so he moves his eyes towards the ceiling Conrad said, I saw thousands of spiders. No. I turned to my mom and I said, let's get out of this room. She looked at me like I was crazy because I never, it was seen as talking back to my mom. I said, trust me, let's leave this room. This is like a couple years later, a little older. She says, why? 
She says, I don't want to tell you. She said, now I want, really want to know why. He says, look up. And she looks up. And she sees the same thing. Hundreds of spiders all over the ceiling. They, they leave and they have the exterminators come and take care of it. It wasn't much longer after that that they moved um, to another place in Texas uh, before he moved to Hawaii. And the last thing that happened was at their new location, they got their phone hooked up. Same thing happened where they couldn't keep up with the bills, so they come and cut it, and the phone started ringing again and again, and it followed them to wherever they went. But every time they picked it up, there was no one on the other side. But that was the end of their experience with the black-eyed kids or whatever happened after that. But the end. Crazy. <laughs> uh, black-eyed children. Black-eyed kids. Next time I see a black-eyed kid, I'm punting them. What do you mean the next room. time? I'm just saying. Oh, I was like, have you seen him once? Not that I can remember. But so I see you. <laughs> what black-eyed kids are... Is oftentimes you'll be home, you'll be doing something. In most stories, it's in the evening. You'll get a knock at your door, and the door will open. And there will be like, it's usually like two kids. And they'll look normal, and they'll ask for help. They'll usually ask to use your phone or Can something. I come in? Yeah. My mom is up the road. Yeah. Can we come in and use your phone? And if you allow them in your home, you give them permission, they come in. And then they come into your life. And usually bad stuff ensues. Someone will die. You'll have bad luck. Hella spiders. Hella spiders on the ceiling. And so, yeah, that's how black-eyed children work. They usually are like a predecessor to worse stuff. Like a mothman, but like bite size. They're like in the same realm of like mibs. Mm. Yeah, like they come before or after something. Men yeah. in black. Yeah. That's what DJ's referring to. They go off a principle that I think is kind of a universal principle of magic, supernatural, dark entities. And that's like permission. So like everything in the supernatural, the occult, if you give it permission, it has way more power. Yep. Vampires can't come in until you allow it. Black-eyed children. Um, often voodoo won't work until you believe it, until you yeah. give it permission, you let it in. Uh, same with black magic. So a way to make a black magic curse way more powerful is to tell you I'm going to do it. And by you not saying no or not saying anything, I then am allowed to like perceive that as permission. Right. Yeah. So just letting you know, Charles. Elisa. Oh, go ahead. Uh, for those black eyed kids, can you see their eyes before you let them in? Some people say, like, they look weird, their eyes were dark, but usually they appear normal before. Yeah. So they're, like, pretty hidden until you yeah. realize it's, like, too late. Yeah. Which you is, like, a really messed up trick. You have to tell all kids to GTFO. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, go away. That's Sean's actual philosophy <laughs> yeah. that he believes in. Um, you saying Lisa? What? You said Lisa or something. No. Oh. No, I was just saying, oh, at least. Oh, uh, I heard Lisa, too. I was like, what the At fuck? least, uh... At least they believe in consent. Yeah. <laughs> That's they valid. Consensual for, yeah. haunting. Yeah, there consensual haunting. We're about that. <laughs> so anyway, listeners, be careful what you give permission to things in your life. Be very careful. That's why playing with, even if you don't believe with in Ouija boards, that's why I'm terrified of Ouija boards because that is a form of that consent. Is, yep. You're inviting something in. 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's that. Is that all you? That's all me. Hey, let's go. All right, guys. I guess you're going to have to hear a story from me tonight, too. <laughs> so I have been sitting on a story for six or seven months now. Ooh. And somebody just submitted a story on Instagram. And I was like, this is a perfect segue into this other story. Yes. So I'm going to first start off with a listener submitted on Instagram. Her name is Audrey. She didn't say she didn't want to be named, so sorry if you wanted to remain unnamed. Um, she is from western Montana and a couple hours away from Glacier. One time, she had a friend who was coming up from Utah that she was going to show around, and she automatically becomes the tour guide because she's from there. She's feeling the pressure. I'm going to have to take them to Glacier. We're going to have to do all the dope hikes. The day before they prepare to go out to Glacier, her dad is like, y'all, I got a story to tell you. <laughs> the timing. And I would do this as a father. Just I would like to be up front with that as well. We know. <laughs> her dad proceeds to tell them both the story of one of his good friends who is a hunting guide. He would take people out on horseback hunting in the Glacier National Park area, probably not on the actual park grounds, I would assume. But they would uh, have whatever permit they're allowed to hunt for, and then they would catch it and take it back. So he takes this 60-year-old woman out into the forest land around Glacier National Park uh, on horseback, and she has an elk ticket. Is that what it's called? Is that, I think it's uh, tag. Tag. An elk tag, and she shoots this elk, and it's shortly before sundown. And I guess the law around there is they can't hunt after dark, and I imagine that's probably similar here too. The guide is like, okay, well, we're going to have to pack this up and get it back because there are grizzlies around this area. And so he tells her, hey, I'm going to go ahead and like prepare this so that we can like pack it up and pack it out. But I'm going to need you to go up, up the hill a little bit further and just watch out because there are grizzlies in the area. And if you see something, I need you to tell me. So he whips out his knife and he starts preparing this out to kind of take home. And shortly after, he hears this gasp come from above him on the hill and then a scream. And this woman is screaming, bear. He looks up and looks around quickly and he sees this fully grown adult grizzly charging them. Now the grizzly gets to the woman first and sinks its teeth into her leg. And without thinking, he runs up and jumps on its back with his knife and like stabs it in the neck. The grizzly throws him off and then comes after him. And the first thing it goes after it bites is his arm. And he says he can feel the grinding of his bones under the weight of the mouth of this grizzly. And probably out of sheer pain, he passes out. Oh, yeah. He comes two seconds, minutes later, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around this, but he says his head is in the bear's mouth. And it's just carrying him by his head. 
and he passes out again. Wakes up a couple of minutes later, and the bear is distracted. And so him and this lady jump on their horses and get out of there as quickly as they possibly can. This is all being told the night before Audrey is taking her homie into Glacier National Park. <laughs> and they're going to be spending two days there. So Damn, that's straight up the, what is it? Reverend? The Revenant? Oh, yeah. Re- Reverend. <laughs> the Revenant. I'd be pissed if I uh, was caught in, and my head was in the mouth of a bear and I woke up. Dude. Bro, yeah, just kill me right now. Yeah, it'd be unbearable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they did say that that bear had been caught. Like her dad was saying that her, his friend told him that the bear had been caught. And the only reason he survived was because this was an old bear. And so its teeth were like ground down. Oh. So they weren't very sharp. Otherwise, he probably would have been dead. Holy crap. So with this information, Audrey is now heading into Glacier National Park with her homie for the next two days. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they head into the west entrance, and we've been there before. The west entrance, you have like Lake McDonald. You have a couple of really cool like day hikes there. So this first day, they're just doing like some chill like hiking in and around like the road. And the only thing she said that they saw all day was a deer. And she said, she said this was also terrifying because of the Utah episodes that we told. Oh, sh- oh okay. So this is a long-time listener. Jeez. And uh, that was the only thing they saw that one day. They uh, ended up staying just like sleeping in the car that night. She said she probably got about two hours of sleep because it was just cold and miserable. And then they're going to do more hiking the next day. She said that next day they had hiked about 12 miles by noon, just different random hikes throughout like the park. And eventually they're about ready to have lunch. They decide to do one more hike before lunch and it's just to this waterfall. And the hike's probably like one mile round trip. So probably like a half mile up. And she didn't say which waterfall this was, but I kind of have a feeling I know which one it is just right off of the road. They hop out of the car. She says that she notices bear poop right at the entrance of this trail. She tells her friend, and they they notice it looks dry. So she's like, okay, we're chill. This has been a while since the bear was around here. So they decide to continue. She's like, let's scatter. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the only kind of defense that they're allowed to have at this time in the park is bear spray. So they have probably bear bells and then bear spray. They head up on this hike and there's going to be like two different landings that you get to like to go up onto this waterfall. Dude, isn't it wild we risk it all for hikes? <laughs> like straight up yeah. when you could so just cool. ride a spaceship and, and go to space instead, you know? Or just YouTube the hike. I mean, you <laughs> could. In your bearless uh, freaking living room. <laughs> That's crazy. Audrey, you crazy. And I do have a picture of them at the waterfall here. <laughs> if you want to pull this up. <laughs> she sent this as well. And it does look like it would be pretty cool. It's obviously. Not it's not up on ours. So. Obviously, I think, though. Hold on. That looks beautiful. I think that it probably would be way cooler without the possibility of a bear around. She said they get to about the waterfall and they're going up to this first landing and they're basically at this point hiking on shale, just like shale rock 
What's shale? Just like gravelly rock that you're walking up. And her friend who's in front of her turns around to look at her and he like sees something cross the trail. And so he tells her, he's like, hey, I think I saw something just cross the trail behind us. It was probably just a mountain goat or something like that because we saw that while we were there. But then she turns around and looks. And seconds later, a bear pops its head out of the woods right on this trail. And then it's it's probably like 15 feet away. The recommended like distance you keep between you and a bear is like 100 yards. So like 40 times more than that. (laughs) The bear then starts to rush them. You can go back. Now she has her bear spray on her backpack, but it's like all the way around back and she's going to have to unclip it in order to like, well, what hell good does it do back there? (laughs) Not good enough. So she shouts run to her friend. Oh, yeah. Just run. And the protocol for this as well is you're supposed to make yourself big, start making noise, scare the bear away. And she said she could tell it was like a like a younger bear, but that made her more scared. Maybe there's like a mother bear around as well somewhere. Mm-hmm. The bear starts rushing her. She realizes she's not going to be able to get up to the top of this landing. So she jumps off of this mini cliff into the water. <gasps> And, like, starts trying to go downstream. Bro, this is a movie. As her friend, who is getting to the top of this, like, ledge, there are other people on top. And so he gets their attention, and she's like, maybe with more people we'll be able to distract the bear or, like, get it to go away. And out of the four people up top, only one more person had bear spray. So he, like, pulls his bear spray out, and they're going to try. He, like, runs down to try and help. This is one of the extra people. And then the, like... She says, no hate, but, like, the elderly couple just whip out their phones and start, like, filming. Oh. (laughs) Shortly after this other guy comes down with the uh, bear spray, the bear decides it's done terrorizing them and rushes off back into the woods. (laughs) Bastard. (laughs) I'm good. He's like, no, no, no. They all got it on on camera, on film. (laughs) Yeah, they got what they wanted. Their iPad. (laughs) They filming on the iPad, dude. (laughs) The flap, yeah. bro. The, the <laughs> magnetic flap. It's like a trifold. Like. <laughs> she did survive this experience. Dude, obviously, she's just floating down river <laughs> to send us this story. Um, but she said, like, her heart jumped into her throat, like oh, as dude. this was happening, and like the thought was crossing her mind. She didn't expect to die today. Or if she survived, she didn't expect to be calling her friend's parents saying that he died today. Oh, my gosh. But barely survived. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that gets to the story I've been sitting on for about six or seven months. And this story will be for our patrons. Oh, my goodness. So if you're not a patron, go to patreon.com slash the 3 a.m. pod. And for only four quarters plus four quarters... You can listen to this story. So, and all the other stories. And all the other stories. We have a ton of great stories y'all have been missing. So, the story, though, that I've been sitting on also happened in Glacier National Park. Glacier National Park was founded in 1910 as a national park. And for 57 years, there was not a fatal bear attack in the park. Until 1967. 
Well, welcome back to all of our listeners. That was me for tonight. Dude, that was brutal. <laughs> yeah. That was brutal. <laughs> uh, thank you, Sean. And thank you, Audrey. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the story as well. And thank you, Park Rangers, for your service. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Nick. Thank you, Mallory. Thank you, Kalea in the studio for coming out. Hey, yo. Thanks for keeping up with us, everyone. Cool. Happy to be back. Excited. Anything, Anything else? Anything else? I think I, we're good. Till next week, we love you all. Bye. <laughs> love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. Be careful. Trust your back and watch your gut. See ya. You do gotta watch your gut, though, now. Goodbye. <laughs>